I took another night to sleep on it. Took another night to stew on it. Thought it through. Tried to look at it from both angles. And it's no better. Florida State still deserves to be in the college football playoff. Nothing has changed. None of the the propaganda being spewed by SEC, not even apologists, propagandists. <laughs> Stooges. <laughs> Stooges, whatever your word for it is. That's my word. Uh, they still believe to be in. They still deserve to be in, I should say. The, the, the Florida State Seminoles went undefeated in a Power 5 conference. Now, here's the interesting part of what's going to happen. Uh, the outrage is going to dissipate. Do you know why? Because Michigan, Alabama, and Texas, Washington are really fun games to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of us are going to like boycott. I don't think any of us are going to genuinely go, everybody's going to have fun time watching awesome college football games. Not I. That's not going to happen. We're not going to do that. So eventually the outrage is going to dissipate for us from the outside. Right, I mean, we'll remember it. Don't get me. This isn't like a forgive and forget situation. We'll remember it. We'll bring it up in the future. We'll uh, file it away in the whole, hey, national media, national uh, organizations hate the ACC. We'll keep it in, 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 in our back pocket. But it's, you know, time will roll on. But it won't be that easy for Florida State. And we need to consider the student athletes in all of this, right? I, I have, you know, certain rules I like to live by, uh, especially when it comes to talking sports. And one of them is when you're talking college sports, you should ask yourself this question. What's best for the student athletes? Are we looking out for the student athletes? Are we putting the student athletes first? I encourage every athletic director. I encourage every committee member, every administrator, every everybody to use that as kind of their guidance, right? Hey, are we actually putting the student-athletes first here? Well, guess what? The student-athletes at Florida State, they're not going to forget this anytime soon. They're not going to just move on like the rest of us and go, well, yeah, actually, you know, that Michigan-Alabama game was pretty entertaining. Like, that that's not how they're going to go. Some of them, rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I'll put it this way. On a much, much smaller scale. Um, uh, I was a backup quarterback on a national runner-up FCS team. We played in the national championship game, and we lost. Close game. We were up 19 nothing at half. Don't ask about the rest. I will say this, though. There was a, a questionable call late in the game, right? A little spot situation. Did you get the first? Did you not get the first? Did they measure correctly? It was, uh, it was a, a calamity of errors. I can still take you through every second of it. I was the backup quarterback. I can still take you through each and every second of it. What it looked like when the refs walked out. And this is not that, okay? I'm saying what I went through, much smaller scale. We were in Frisco, Texas, right? We, we weren't in uh, the national championship, national championship. Yeah, you weren't in the Rose Bowl. We were playing in the MLS stadium in Frisco, Texas. There you go. Different beast. This Florida State thing, it's not going to go away for those guys. The embarrassment is there. The embarrassment for the ACC is there. The the somehow second-rate citizen that you became where it's like, wait a second, so we can do everything we're supposed to do and you're just going to decide it wasn't good enough? That's not going anywhere. Especially people not named Jordan Travis. Because you were, you were told you're not good enough because of 
that guy's not there. By the way, Jordan Travis, I think we have to give him the Heisman. Oh, yeah? If he's so good yeah, that him being gone makes his team go from one of the best in the country to like, oh, we can't even entertain you with the one-loss teams. I mean, that's the Heisman, right? Mm -hmm. He's that good? Oh, wait, he's not even a finalist? Oh, that makes sense. That oh no, it doesn't make sense. Let's hear from Paul Feinbaum, ESPN reporter and SEC show. I think the first vote was Florida State, number six behind Georgia. And they got in the room and they said, well, we don't want to embarrass the ACC, so let's swap those. Because had they left Georgia at number five, this would not be going on. It would be clear Alabama beat Georgia. But instead, they acted like a committee acts. And any of us who have been on committees know how stupid those committees are. Well, first of all, we have not been on those committees. Second of all, if you think it's stupid, why are you justifying their their vote? That's funny because he was praising the committee for, quote-unquote, getting it right yesterday, and all of a sudden they're a bunch of idiots. Can't have it both ways, Paul. Does he think the ACC is not embarrassed by how this played out? Yeah. Oh, we want to save them the embarrassment, so we put them fifth over Georgia. No, you put them fifth over Georgia because you're a bunch of hypocrites. I would have respected you if you put them below Georgia because then at least the ridiculous protocol, ridiculous qualifications that you're, you're using to keep Florida State out would have been uniform, would have been consistent. The, by the, by the way, I, I, I had this in my notes. We just have to address it. I guarantee you there are a lot of Florida State fans. This is why it's always dangerous to go way too aggressive with any of your your hate for anyone else's situation. I guarantee you there are a lot of Florida State fans that made a ton of fun of UCF when UCF went undefeated and claimed a national championship. Mm -hmm. And those Florida State fans, if they beat Georgia in the Orange Bowl, are going to desperately want to claim a national championship. And their UCF friends right now are just sitting around going like, hmm? Uh, oh, really? Remember what you said? Remember? It's going to be really tempting to just go full UCF if they beat Georgia. Yeah. It's going to be really tempting to just go, let's have a parade. It's like, yeah. It's going to be really tempting. Print the shirts. They won their games, all of them, and they don't get to play in the college football playoff. That is going to stick with them for a while. It is going to stick with, like, like part of going to a power five, right? I, I, and I actually dealt with this a lot um, because, I, like I said, I played at an FCS program. And, and there, there is a lot of, oh, you, you know, at least you play college football. And I'm going, no, the Power Five was always different. Oh, why did you want to play in the Power Five so much? The Power Five was always different. And, and the way it was different was you started your season knowing you controlled your destiny all the way to the national championship. You know when you go to a group of five, you probably don't, Right. You know when when you kick off the season for ECU, when you kick off the season for Coastal Carolina, for ODU, for all of these quote-unquote group of five schools, I don't know why I quote-unquote that, for all of those group of five schools, you don't control your destiny. In the Power Five, you do. If you win all your games, you get to play for a national championship, and, and that was robbed. That was robbed. And it's actually doing the opposite thing, though, right? I mean, I said with a night to sleep, with 24 hours more to think of it, it's no better. I think it's actually worse. I think it's actually worse. 
because now from this point on, it's a lose lose. And I got to give credit to, to Danny Cannell for pointing this out. Uh, cause, cause somebody, right. Somebody in the Twitter sphere said the committee's going to be bailed out when Georgia beats Florida state by a billion. And, and Dan, this was Danny Cannell's point, which I agree with. He goes, no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Because if Florida State wins, everyone's going to say Georgia didn't care because it wasn't the college football playoff because everything the SEC does gets apologized for. Like, I don't know, losing to Texas, and you still get in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. <laughs> Alabama. Florida State, the, the fact of the matter is they have to be perfect, and it doesn't matter once they are. We just learned that. They beat Georgia, it won't matter in the national conversation. They lose to Georgia, it will. Just like if they would have lost in the regular season, it would have mattered. Even though they didn't, it still didn't matter. They're not in. Just when you thought college athletes were specifically the big-name college football, basketball players, couldn't get more rich, we might have a new avenue for them to get paid. That's right. Right, the the reports are that a good. This comes from Matt Rule, Nebraska head coach, and <laughs> and at the end of the day, there he is, former Panthers coach. Uh, he says that a, a good quarterback in the portal, good five star quarterback out of high school, you're looking at a million, million five, maybe two million dollars, and another new revenue stream for those players might be coming down the pike. NCAA president Charlie Baker is finally suggesting that schools should be able to pay the athletes that make the schools millions of dollars. Not indirectly either. Not, uh, you know, employees of the schools asking fans to give money to a third party and that that third party can make agreements to put the money in the players' pockets, which is how it's set up now. NCAA president Charlie Baker is proposing the creation of a new FBS subdivision which FBS stands for Football Bowl Subdivision. So this is a new subdivision of the subdivision. Subsidiary of a subsidiary. It is the Football Bowl Sub-Subdivision. He's he's proposing the creation of the Football Bowl Sub-Subdivision that would allow the highest resource schools to compensate athletes directly through a trust as well as NIL. Now, in his proposal, the requirement would be $30,000 to at least half of the school's athletes with the possibility of more. Now, whoa, I can hear everybody jumping two, three steps down the road. Let's, let's, let's reel it in a little bit here. This is better than making the fans pay the players, okay? Up until now, all name, image, and likeness money has come from business owners, a.k.a. fans, and or fan collectives. Right, it is just the you know, coach saying, "Hey," and this literally happened after the the NC State UNC game when NC State won. The coach saying, "Hey, we need five thousand fans to give a thousand dollars to the collectives. That would be awesome." That's just a fan paying the players. Yeah, that's which all it is. which is unique because. The fans get enjoyment out of college football, and they buy a ticket to get that enjoyment, or they pay a a subscription to their streaming and or cable provider to get that enjoyment. The schools get enjoyment from having a, a good football team. They also have ticket sales, media rights payouts, merchandise sales, and many, many other streams of revenue. So the schools are the ones that should be paying the players, not the fans. So if this takes that step away, we should be for it. If anyone's going to pay the players, it's the people that are making money off the players. 
not the people that cheer them on and support the players, unless they want to. They and still the could. Collectives can still exist. They could. Absolutely. And I think they still will. I think it'll be less important because the money that a collective can put together and the money that is an endowment for some of these schools are not the same. That's the other thing, okay? I want to talk about the plausibility of this and why the NCAA doesn't even care if it's plausible or not. But first, it would dramatically, if this becomes a thing, NCAA President Charlie Baker is proposing the creation of a new FBS subdivision that would allow the highest resource schools to compensate athletes directly through a trust as well as NIL. It would dramatically shift the power to the rich schools rather than the rich booster groups. Mm -hmm. Stanford, Texas A&M, Duke, Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. These are the, the schools. These are the types Michigan. of schools, <laughs> Michigan, that have wildly large endowments from their school. Mm -hmm. if, if the school is the one paying, it matters if you have, you know, a bunch of, you know, uh, high boosters that, that – uh, uh, you know, own a bunch of car dealerships and are willing to to sprinkle you with with you know, hundred grand, but it doesn't matter as much as having twenty billion dollars in an endowment printing cash for you every year. It it doesn't matter if you can charge recklessly high uh, uh, tuition and have a bunch of students paying it. it. Doesn't matter if you have a great med school or a great law school that are just printing money, and and that is where the the power will shift. Stanford, compared to most college football blue bloods, is in another stratosphere when it comes to how much money they deal with, just on a, a pure university-wide system. If they want to tap into that, the ACC may have expanded to the most powerful team in college football. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, oh, we had to take Stanford. Oh, man. Why didn't we go after – uh, this other school. Why, why didn't we go after? Well, you may have just brought a sleeping giant into your your the hen house, fox into your hen house. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about the plausibility of it. Is it plausible? The NCAA is promoting that promoting that a whole bunch of schools give at least thirty grand to half of their athletes on campus, scholarship athletes. I assume they're they're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money. You have two hundred student athletes on campus. Or sorry, 400 student athletes on campus. You have to give 30 grand to at least half, six million dollars. Factoring in this, a Title IX does apply to this, yes. by the way. So it's 50 percent of all athletes. Yes, six million. You, if you're one of the larger uh, uh, athletic programs with a whole bunch of of teams that you sanction, varsity programs, I mean, you could easily be looking at double digit millions of dollars a year. Minimum. That's before you get to like winning the bidding war for the quarterback recruit. That's before you get to winning the bidding war for the, the top shooting guard. That's before you get to any of that. That's just straight cash. That's that's it's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. Is it plausible to ask? I mean, for Texas A&M, probably right for Michigan, probably. But they're going to need some teams to play, right? Is it, is it plausible to ask 35, 40, 50 teams to do that? I don't know. And you know who else doesn't know? The NCAA. And you know who doesn't care? The NCAA. Because now that they've recommended it, they think they can be not the bad guy anymore. They think they can go, we want you to pay the players. Oh, it's not the NCAA holding you back. We Now it's them saying no. But also it's the, the key wording of this proposal is in a trust – 
So players can't, I guess, probably can't access that right away, but also paid through NIL. Mm. So, for example, if uh, let's say here locally we have you know Duke, Carolina State, they want to each of those schools wants to throw their basketball team or one of their star players on a billboard, the school can now pay you for that because you're using that player's name, image, and likeness. It's not pay to play. It's pay for NIL. This is a way for the NCAA to skirt around making athletes employees. This is what this is. This is a way for us to for, – for, for schools to say we're, get, we're compensating them, but they're not actually our employees because we're not actually paying them to play. We're paying them to do autograph signings or promotional stuff. What you're going to see is they're going to attach – this is how I assume it will go. They're, they're going to at- attach a dollar amount to things they're being asked to do anyway. Yes, uh, so like, hey, we need you for a photo shoot for the program. Ten grand? Yeah. It's like, photo, uh, you know, endorsing the program, the 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 program, or being on season tickets, being on the actual tickets, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, jumbotron advertisements, whatever it is, things that that athletes are already asked to do. We can to do. P- print your name and jersey yeah. number on shirts. Yeah, there you and go. We can pay you more now as a result. I mean. I remember long autograph signings after spring games, right? You play the spring game, then you walk out to the concourse, you have the entire team sit down on on uh, you know, like the the picnic tables and and people can get a poster and they just walk right down and get everyone's autograph. All right, cool. Do that, everyone gets 30 grand. We're paying you to autograph. We're not paying you to play. We're paying you to autograph. Yeah. Like that that's it's all just red tape like you said to or not red tape. It's a misdirection mm-hmm. to to make sure it's like we don't have to you know, give them give them insurance. We 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 don't have to offer you know any any kind of uh, workers' compensation or, or anything along. They're not employees. They're they're different. If they get hurt signing autographs, we'll we'll be on the hook. But not if they get hurt, you know, taking a blindside shot from a blitzing outside linebacker. That, that's a different beast. Multiple ways.